cliffcentral.com. Hello and a very warm welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. It is good to have you on controls, Palisa Mabuya, and I am Shemaine Harris. Madness today, madness, madness, <laughs> I'm telling you. Hi there, I'm Liesl Tom, and uh, I have to say I almost considered asking Palisa to play the X-Files theme <laughs> just uh, because our conversation today is a little bit out there. Like our guest is a little bit out there. A little bit, Shemaine? Yeah, You're being no. kind. No, yeah, no, he's out there. Our guest today, Marco Cook, and we are talking about aliens. Hi there, Marco. Hi there, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, how are you? Good, thanks. Glad I- to have you back on the show. Always fun to be with you guys. Thank you so much. Next time, we've got to do an in-studio. Yeah, okay. Now we've got you on air saying that. Good. So that's what's going to happen. You know, he's <laughs> just invited himself back on our show. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I heard you, Lisa, talk to him a little earlier. So, Mark, you're going to have to get our voices straight, eh? Because seemingly you've got a problem with me and then Liesl's voice. Mm, well, get around it. Don't worry. <laughs> I am so clueless. I am like today, I'm sitting this out because the two nutters are at it. Shemaine, <laughs> I take offense <laughs> and I will pull you over my lap and give you a box laugh. Oh, yes, Marco, please do. she's trying please to get do. out of this conversation because she claims she knows very little about aliens. And I have to tell you, I don't believe that for one second. But let's jump right into it. Do you believe? Cool. In extraterrestrials Absolutely No doubt in my mind whatsoever Why so Mark? I had a a personal experience A couple of years ago That I actually relayed on the first show I did with Gareth last April Uh Um, I was standing on the balcony Of the block of flats I was living in at the time Having a cigarette uh-huh. And I mean a cigarette, nothing mixed, no strange mind altering substances. <laughs> I, I don't know why you went there because we weren't thinking that. <laughs> We're just listening to you and now you're opening a but can it, of worm. Keep going. It, it was a clear summer night. Uh, no cloud. Um, and out of my peripheral vision from the left hand side, I noticed two small, very, very bright green dots traveling parallel to each other at quite high speed. And as I looked towards them, they moved across into sort of right in front of me. Obviously, they were a long way away. And then all of a sudden, they shot away from each other at 45-degree angles at a speed that I'm not aware of any propulsion technology that's available on this planet that could have moved those things that fast. And they literally went whoosh and disappeared in front of my eyes. I have no doubt that uh, that was not a weather balloon, as was claimed <laughs> by the U.S. government um, with the, the Roswell incident but way back in the late 1940s. What was uh, that? They were, they were definitely non-planetary or off-planetary craft. I later had a chat to, to one of my esteemed and respected teachers who has a lot more experience in this kind of thing than me, and she said those are most likely scout ships 
which are sent into Earth's atmosphere to take electromagnetic and atmospheric readings, which they then send back to the motherships for data assimilation and collection of what's going on on the planet. So so, it was a recce. It was a recce. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, no, it wasn't a jet. They were, there was no sound. There was no humming or, or strange propulsion-type noises. But uh, as I say, the, the color and the speed at which these things moved was definitely off-planetary. There's nothing here that can do that. Malka, I just want to let you know I have spoken to this teacher of yours, and she is unable to join us today. She's not feeling well. But we will speak to her at some point because I'd love to hear more about her experiences. But tell me, you've seen what uh, is labeled unidentified flying objects, UFOs. Um, Most definitely. How... How do you know that they were manned or, well, that there was something inside them? Well, they may not be. They may have been drones. They may have been remotely operated. When I spoke to my teacher about them, she, she said to me those are single-seater craft. They, they small single-seater craft. They are manned. I cannot testify to that. Um, I could never swear on the Bible that, that that is the case because I didn't see any little green men sitting inside them. But that was her opinion, and I, I respect her immensely. She has had some experiences which she relays openly to people. In fact, she and I were on um, television a while ago on CakeNet with Ruda Lundman when, when Ruda actually came to her house. And we did a, a live television interview with, with Ruda and a camera crew where my teacher relayed uh, her experiences where she has actually been taken up in spacecraft and she'd had uh, operations performed on her body. She's in her, her mid-70s now. And we're going back years before the technology, technology was available here. Um, repair done to a congenital heart valve defect which was performed with no anesthetic and done by means of advanced laser technology. Uh, she also had work done on a hip in, in, under similar conditions. Um, she's literally says to people, and she's not crazy, that According the spaceship rocked into her backyard. Well, I suppose it's relative <laughs> because I'm a little off the wall. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so, so yeah. have, you, have you seen... Have you had any sightings of, you know, uh, aliens? You know, I mean, I've, yeah. let, let's be honest. And, and I'd like to ask a question of you. Haven't you ever looked at somebody that is in a human body and thought, nah, they're not from here. They just look so weird and they act so strangely that, that they're kind of not human. Because I have on more than one occasion. Okay. Well, you see, maybe we look at it differently. I have seen, uh, bodies walking around, but, um, in, in okay, when I say that, let me, Zombies. Let me clarify. <laughs> let me clarify. And I've seen, you know, where you look at one person and you go like, the body is that, but, it's you know the the essence that comes yeah. out is is not yeah. the person that I know of. So that I've yeah. that I've seen that I've experienced, but yeah. I have not seen an extraterrestrial being, um, no, or neither. that I know of. Okay, me neither, Marco, But from what you know, because you mentioned earlier, and I had quite a smile when you did little green men. What 
do aliens look like or are they different kinds of aliens? Well, from, from, the, from the information that I have, which, uh, again, is, is hearsay because there's, there's not any legit evidence that I'm aware of, they come in in many shapes and forms. Most of them appear to be hominid bipedal beings. So obviously this body shape works well in terms of its ability to walk upright and having arms with digits that are able to, to hold and operate tools. So fr from what I've seen in terms of um, drawings and interpretations, most of them appear to be hominid. But hmm. there, there is a, a school of thought that says there are planets in other galaxies where uh, some of them are insect-like, some of them may be plant-like in appearance. I, I would guess that the physical attributes will depend largely on the environment that they live in because the the physicality will, will will need to adapt to the environment in order to function correctly so some of them may breathe methane some of them may have eight eyes some may have 16 legs i mean we don't know when i grew up ufos was like you know that's for the in my language in cape town that's for the tarty um, and that, <laughs> and in Tari, that's like Cape Town Afrikaans. That's like for people who, who need to be seen to mentally. So now it's it's very common. You know, people speak about it as if it's the most normal thing on earth. Um, and, and you know, it's almost become a, a type of pop, pop culture issue. But what is the significance of us now being bombarded with these kind of, um, I don't know, analogies, beings, uh, I don't know, uh, sightings? What, what is that all about in this day and age? I, I believe there's a distinct probability that it may be in preparation for disclosure, for the actual arrival of, of planetary entities. Um, oh, you are going to have to dis you're going to have to um, come down to, to my level because come down I, to earth. <laughs> please, <laughs> I need to understand this disclosure thing that you're going on. Okay, uh, start with the disclosure, but, but then explain it to us as you go along. Because remember, we're not working with the information that you so readily um, have available or that you work with. You know, the whole thing's been, been hidden, and there's, there's all these conspiracy, conspiracy theories about governments covering things up and, and Area 51 and Roswell and um, such, such information that governments have allegedly covered up to prevent us from having the understanding or, or the information available to confirm or not the existence of extraterrestrial intelligent life. So disclosure for me will be arrival, actual arrival of off-planetary beings in their spacecraft who will announce themselves and actually show humans that they are real and they do exist. And it's not figments of our imagination dreamt up by uh, Steven Spielberg. Have you guys watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind in E.T. and those kind of movies? Or are you too young for that? I'm, I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> we love you for asking. <laughs> Mocha, I want to ask you, when or if, let's say when, when these uh, extraterrestrial beings come to Earth, are they going to go to America? Because apparently, according to all the, the movies, that's where they surface. 
I don't know. I can't answer that question. I would like to believe that the initial contact would be made with world leaders and um, Donald Trump. Can you imagine? Um, he's got issues with Mexicans. You know what? The, the, the weird thing about this is off topic. I'm going, thank God it's not about, you know, the black issue again. Because <laughs> it's like the Mexicans are under fire. It'll be different aliens. <laughs> no, it's like, yay. Yeah. So I feel quite strongly that. At some point in time, whether it'll be in my lifetime or not, there will be arrival of intelligent extraterrestrial life. I sincerely hope that the ones that that decide to announce themselves will be those that are genuinely concerned for the well-being of this planet. I believe strongly that this planet is a jewel in the galaxy and that she needs to be protected and looked after. And humans are busy... Uh, I don't want to use any bad language. Let's say stuffing <clears throat> it up, but you are on Cliff Central, so you yeah. can use bad language. But you know what? Uh, there's no need for profanities if it's if it's not absolutely no, no, necessary. But we are stuffing up the planet. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. We, we are raping this planet of, of natural resources in the name of greed. And this, I think, is where humans have got the whole thing wrong. We're polluting our oceans. We are destroying our atmosphere. We're cutting down natural habitat. Uh, we have a, an incredibly diverse um, ecosystem, the biodiversity on this planet is is incredible and humans think that they have a right to walk over this planet and dig up whatever they want and cut down whatever they want and burn whatever they want in the name of, of money and when the last tree is cut down and the last fish is eaten, we're going to realize that we're in a lot of trouble. Um, so I'm hoping that if there is intervention and disclosure, it will be from a race or a species that genuinely has the best interests of this planet at heart. I'm hoping that it won't be an invasion like War of the Worlds, you know what I mean, where they, they're looking to enslave humans. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Liesl's brow is lifting because you just went somewhere where she's you, like, yes. You, you, you went there. Um, you know, Michael Tellinger's book, Slave Species of God, claims that, yeah. um, you know, we were created by aliens to work as, as slaves in their gold mines. Well, I, I know Michael personally. Um, I've met him on a couple of occasions. I've got, I've got, uh, signed books from him and we've had several discussions on the topic uh, I've also read quite a lot of stuff by Zachariah Sitchin who I know has been discredited by uh, so-called academics but when you start looking at the ancient inscriptions on stone tablets and even on on, on rock that is left in Egypt they, there are depictions of Humanoid life forms in what appear to be spaceships. Uh, these these beings, I believe, have been visiting the planet for a long, long time. And and who knows? Maybe at some point in our distant past, uh, an intelligent race may have rocked up on planet Earth and genetically modified our DNA in order to enslave us, so that we could work uh, to mine natural resources. Uh, Zechariah Sitchin's theory is very much that the Anunnaki arrived here from their planet Nibiru and they genetically modified the primate species on the planet, the, the, the one that was most likely to be able to be adapted to manual labor. And uh, they then 
mined gold from the planet, which was then taken back to the motherships and then taken back to their own planet because they had destroyed the, the ozone layer and they fired the gold dust into the outer atmosphere in order to reflect the sunlight. I mean, I don't know. This is all theory, but um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not discounting the possibility. I, I like to keep an open mind and, you know, what, what works for me, I'll I'll take it. And what sounds like nonsense, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm having the giggles, you know, like when you're in church and you're like going on about this and talking about, you know, the mothership. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's where we should go now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe we should check out on our own little mothership because th- this conversation is just, you know, it's very interesting. It's very whack. So, so the, 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 the thought that, um, you you mentioned the Anunnaki, um, yeah. and and how do they um, slot in with the reptilians? They're two different species entirely. The reptilians, according to my teacher, are a race of beings who pretty much destroyed their own planet, and are a marauding race mm-hmm. that looks to uh, inhabit other planets. And other beings. Uh, some of them, uh, in some instances, they are fourth dimensional in nature. And uh, if we eventually hold do on, a, a hold on, hold on, please keep that the train of thought. But what is fourth dimensional beings? Not physical, non physical. So okay. they are astral in nature. So they don't inhabit. They are. I would imagine they that they um, are able to either be in physical or non physical. Uh, Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned the the physical as well because apparently there are uh, reptilians living on Earth, and there are examples of humans who are reptilians, and apparently they have set out to rule this world as we know it, or this Earth. There's that theme again of aliens wanting to enslave us. You know. I know there's been a lot of a lot of stuff on YouTube and, and it's like fake book. I don't believe everything I see, but there have been some some very interesting video uh, clips on YouTube um, with people's faces changing and the the pupils of their eyes changing to vertical slits and all sorts of things. I mean, do me a favor, look at Rothschild. That is not human. Rothschild potentially is a reptilian, and those are the people who control Rothschild, the Rothschild, the, the wine people. I beg your pardon? The Rothschild, the, the wine people? Are you talking about those rich people who's got like, you know, I'm who work with about the Ruperts? Yeah, I'm talking about the people that control the planet in terms of the finances. If you, if ah, you, look, if you, go, you mm-hmm. follow the money chart, you go up that's, the pyramid, you'll find there are a handful of families that control the politicians, that control pretty much everything. They control the wars. They so, they so, run the show. It's not the governments. It's not uh, anyone who believes that. Honestly, think again. So what are you alluding to? I'm alluding to the high probability that there are a handful of beings in human form, whether they are human or non-human, that uh, have controlled and continue to control the finances of this planet and its money that runs the show here. Okay, so if I hear you correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, um, this world is being controlled by aliens. So humans... Shemaine, you're such a sensationalist. (laughs) You should have become a journalist. I'm not. No, No, I'm I'm trying to figure it out. You know, because I mean... I don't like to talk in extremes unless I have personal experience thereof. What I, what I allude to is the high probability thereof. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it is or it isn't. I'm saying the possibility is distinct uh-huh. that 
these individuals may not be of this planet in, originally. So if, if, if that were the case, what would we need to do to change it to get our planet back then? You really want to go there? Yeah. We're having you on the show. I mean, we started talking about stuff that you go, okay, bring on mothership, bring mothership, must go, must leave. So, yeah, please go there, Mark. We ultimately, and, and it's only my little tiny opinion for what it's worth, I believe that we need to get away from the culture of currency in terms of promissory notes and monetary exchange and more into exchange of energy and time and space and product, almost go back to a barter system. Because if you go back to a barter system, there's a fair exchange. Um, Those who don't have a lot of what we call money may have a lot of skill or experience Mm -hmm. that they could exchange for other things. And if we go back to a barter system, which is what Michael talks about, the whole thing is going back to a barter system, um, doing away with the finances, doing away with the currencies, doing away with the gold standard, Mm -hmm. then you will have a far more reasonable way of exchanging on this planet, and it will take away the control of the few that have the most. Hmm. Do you know, I think there's a place in the Marshall Islands that's the, uh, that still does that bartering thing. Um, at, up until today, they barter. There's no, they, well, the economy's growing now, but, you know, basically that's a system that still stands. And, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think one can go wrong with it because that means, you know, you creating and, um, I do, Lisa is looking at me and, you know, I do believe in, Something like that It could work If it means that We're going to get away From greed And um, hurting one another Just because we can And hurting the planet Just because You know We want more Because we really can Get away with Living with uh, less I mean I don't know how We're going to do it now Because the die Has been cast well, who knows? Maybe, maybe that's the role of an extraterrestrial race who will educate us in terms of how wrong we've been and will remove the power from the hands of the few and place it evenly among the hands of, of, the, of the, the many. And I don't believe it's the meek that are going to inherit the earth. I believe it's the kind. Okay. Hmm. You know the whole biblical thing? Yes, yes. Those who are kind-hearted, loving, compassionate, considerate, uh, those who walk with respect and walk with integrity, those are the people that that really should be running the show, not the greedy few who just want more because they can have more. Uh, the, whole, the whole earth uh, system, the financial system is based on tax, and it started with the Sumerians in about 6000 BC. The first promissory note was written then. Did you know that? Mm-mm. On a clay tablet. Hmm. We've been in Debted to the royalty and the nobles for thousands of years on this planet. And I don't believe that system just pitched. Somebody introduced that. It didn't just arrive. Mm. And, and who do you think introduced it? There's a high probability that it may have been an extraterrestrial race. I'm not saying it is. Again, I, I don't speak in absolutes unless I have personal experience. But this is just my, my little wacky opinion. I would love for um, a couple of, of maybe more educated listeners to phone in. But that's my opinion. We need to save this planet. I told you guys at the end of the last show, we the cosmic ninjas, we've come to save the planet. Mm. Marco, 
you've we've now identified the Anunnaki and the reptilians. How many other species are you aware of? I'm aware of through the communication, the information I've received of several. Um, I've read a lot of stuff on the Pleiadians, who are apparently from the Seven Sisters, the star system, the Seven Sisters. Uh, I've read a couple of books by an author um, called Barbara Marciniak, one that is my Bible that's literally fallen apart. I've had to take it back together three or four times. It's called Bringers of the Dawn. And the messages that come across in this book really, really strike very, very deep within my heart. Uh, so there's the Pleiadians. They are benign and want to help out. They're the Arcturians from Arcturus, the Syrians. So those are three that I can mention off the top of my head. And those are very, very highly advanced benign um, extraterrestrial species. How do who, you know they're benign? What do they do that uh, is a good indicator? or How do they help us? All the, all the information that I've received is that they are their intention is for the recovery of this planet and the redistribution of resources and wealth, taking it away from the many and uh, from the few and, and replacing it into the hands of the many and allowing the planet time to recover, uh, the environment, the ecosystem to, to be repaired or to repair itself over time. And, and I'm going to put this out there, and this may sound a bit harsh. I'm of the opinion that humans must either get their act together or leave and if I had the option to push the button, I would. Mm, we, we, we are going to colonize Mars very soon. Uh, and, and, and if I say that, you know, if you, if you take um, Zachariah Sitchin's theory into account, it would actually be recolonize Mars, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there is a book written by Graham Hancock called The Mars Mystery that I read many, many, many years ago. And he comes up with the theory that Mars was um, a planet that was inhabited by technologically advanced species. Uh, and what happened was that a, a meteor shower or a comet struck the planet and blew the atmosphere away. And they, because of their, their technology, were able to leave or a certain number of them were able to leave in spacecraft and they came to earth and they colonized this planet so his theory is that the Rothschilds and the Kennedys and, and the really powerful noble rich and wealthy families are of Martian descent so they're Again, not I reptilians they're Martians no, Martians so who knows there's, there's opinion one there's opinion two I can't say that any of them are true mm. I tend to lead in certain directions but no, I, I also had a – I don't know. Did you read that little – you did read that, that short chapter that I sent you of that book that I wrote, the one called Sightings, hey? I did. Okay. I spoke to a, a, an elderly couple some years ago who were like normal people, and um, the the gentleman, Bobby, was a client of mine I was, I was treating for, for cancer. Um, he was in a very advanced stage of terminal cancer. But I spent a lot of time with him and his wife, and they were absolutely convincing in that they both said that when they were courting in their early 20s, which is like, I don't know, 40 years ago or something, 50 years ago, um, they were living in Delmas, and they went to the roadhouse. And while they were there, after they ordered their milkshake, they witnessed a large um, flying saucer-shaped craft that 
descended and hovered over the area that they were. And, and this thing apparently was a silvery color and made a distinct humming sound and had well-lit portals. They didn't see any beings inside it, but apparently it, it hovered there for some time and then just ascended and, and disappeared vertically. And Bobby said to me there were eight or nine other people at the time. Obviously, there were no cell phones then, so nobody could take uh, footage. There, I, I think the only cameras then were eight, were, were eight mil that you had to wind by hand. So no one had any recording devices, but he was absolutely 100% legitimate. And I have no reason to believe that he was lying to me. They were so convincing. And uh, I mean, yeah, I've never had that kind of thing happen to me, but I had no reason to disbelieve them. It would be nice if they could show up now that we have all that technology. You know, cause yeah. can you imagine? Yeah. Somebody has like just. Take out that cell phone. Well, the question is, snap that (laughs) and send it out. The question is, do we want them to show up? I believe if enough of us really want the the kind of changes that I believe are necessary to happen on this planet, and we put out that vibration, that frequency, it will be picked up, and they will pitch, and then things are going to change very rapidly. But, uh, Mark, is there? I, I think I heard somewhere where people actually channel. These beings Is that correct? I mean, is that possible? Is it true? Well, that's <clears throat> I mentioned Barbara Marciniak earlier the, 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 her, her seminal book Bringers of the Dawn Is a channel book From the Pleiadians And if I, I, I urge you To get a copy of it okay. Bringers of the Dawn So when we, when we Would you just describe Or just uh, elaborate On what we're talking about When we're talking about channeling Channeling is when um, an individual is not possessed. Uh, this is not possession. When an individual is used as a effectively a telecommunication device, where their consciousness um, is connected by or, or is used as a receiver of information from a non-physical being or race of beings, and they are then um, able to impart information. Either verbally or in, in written form um, there's, there's quite a lot of this going on at the moment Some of it I don't believe Some of it I think is, is, is nonsense And there are a lot of charlatans around mm-hmm. But Marciniak's work I mean, <laughs> It's an eye-opener It really is mm-hmm. Changed my life completely When I got a copy of that book like 25 years ago Okay Is, is there ever a moment that You know the Person who is the channel can get it wrong or doesn't have the correct vocab or insight to 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 bring the message across. She she reports in in the in the, in the beginning of her book in the intro she says that it took her a while to adapt to the communication coming through because our language is quite limited. So um, I mean, if 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 we were able to communicate telepathically, I would be able to take uh, an image in my head. Mm-hmm. And transmit it directly to you in full three-dimensional um, visual, color, texture, taste, smell, emotion, intensity, and you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt exactly what I'm trying to tell you. The problem we have with language, mm-hmm. and particularly English, is a very limited language in, in, in which to communicate, is sometimes you, you're kind of lost for words. How do you get this message across? So she says quite candidly that during the early part of her her 
communication with these beings, she found it difficult to put the impressions that they were giving her telepathically into language. It took her a while to to be able to kind of adapt to this communication. Who are the Pleiadians? What is they? What's what's they? What's the theory? The theory is that they are our ancestors. They are a much older race than us, therefore they have had a lot more time in the saddle in terms of development of technology, but also development of, of their consciousness um, and their integrity. And, and they are a race of beings. They, they call themselves the blue beings, and um, they wish to bring a message to humanity that the way we're running the show here is wrong. They also communicate a very interesting theory that there's a frequency fence around this planet, an electromagnetic frequency fence. And they say that there is a race of controlling entities which may or may not be reptilian in nature that are the instigators of all the wars and all the conflict on this planet and their food source, the reptilians' food source is fear. And if they are able to keep humans in a, a vibratory state of fear because of all the conflict and all the madness that's happening, fear of loss, fear of poverty, fear of death, fear of mutilation, fear of, you know what I mean? Uh, we can go on and on and on. So the, the Pleiadians say that this frequency fence that's around this planet, like an electric fence, um, is effectively a net that keeps us where we are in terms of our awareness and our consciousness. We don't know that it exists. And uh, they then create situations and circumstances on this planet in order for humans to vibrate collectively in the frequency of fear. And that is their food source. So the Pleiadians are saying their message, their primary message is we need to change our vibration from one of fear to one of love. And then the controlling entities that run this planet from a, a, a much higher level will either have to change their food source or leave. Why, why then don't the Pleiadians just come in and kick the reptilians or whoever else it is out of here? Because that's not allowed in the higher scheme of things. This is a free will zone, remember. Okay. So those who are in control can pretty much do what they want until... The, the excrement hits the fan. Okay. That's why I think that there are beings out there and, and possibly the Arcturians, the Syrians, who knows, the galactic command, as my teacher will tell you when you finally get to talk to her. She talks about the galactic command. Mm -hmm. um, they ultimately, hopefully in the very near future, will be allowed to step in if this doesn't uh, rectify itself um, by our own free will very soon because source is neutral. God is a God of love. It created this universe through sound. So we are, are, are creations of love. And when we can change our vibration from fear to love, these controlling entities will no longer be able to maintain their control over us. However, there's so much going on here and so much conflict and, and so much fear that it's going to take a huge effort. So, but, but it's, it's the old, it's, it's the Gandhi thing. You know what I mean? If you want to change the world, change yourself. So 
if we can choose in our own individual way to be the love that we are and to spread the love and to be kind and compassionate and considerate, you change the world one random act of kindness at a time. And if we don't do that, if it gets to the point of no return where it's critical that if, if they don't step in and sort things out before the planet is beyond the point of no return in terms of its potential for recovery, then, yeah, we'll have disclosure. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who are the greys? There's a couple of different theories. Um, my teacher's theory is that they are uh, zeta reticuli. What? A t- Zeta, Z-E-T-A, reticuli, R-E-T-I-C-U-L-I, a technologically advanced race of beings which are um, devoid of emotion and devoid of, of spirituality. They have no connection to source. And they are seeking uh, knowledge through their technology. And that's where uh, allegedly all the all or, or most of the abductions come from and the mutilations, the cows that have been mutilated and people that have been abducted and had probes stuck up their rectums and all sorts of so stuff. Those are either guys. Can one call them the rogues? I, mean, yeah. I know they are looking for information and, you know, sometimes yeah. you, you get quite ruthless when you need information. Well, they just do to us, well, the theory is they do to us what we do to the animals. So, yeah, and yeah. to one another. How we do that yeah. even to one another. The other theory is that the greys are actually not sentient beings at all, that they're actually drones, that they've been controlled by a high intelligence. So you've got the the tall greys and the short greys. The theory that I've recently been exposed to is that the tall greys, which are much, much larger beings, actually control the short greys. And the short greys are kind of drones that go out and, and do the dirty work. And the tall ones are the ones that, that gather the inter- information and store it in the database. I'm finished. I'm finished, Marco. I'm finished. I'm not having this conversation ever again. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun. So, Marco, what, what, why do they bother with us? Why do all these different uh, extraterrestrial races bother, bother with humans or with planet Earth? A, because of this planet's vast natural resources. Vast. This planet is perfect. Absolutely perfect. In so many ways. We have an atmosphere capable of sustaining life. High oxygen levels. We have high levels of natural resources in terms of minerals. We have water. We have massive biodiversity. So uh, there's so much to learn from Earth, and yeah, there's also so much to gain from having a stronghold on this planet because there's so much stuff that they can take from here. Do you think they they, they, they get to, to help us grow as beings? Some of them are, some of them aren't. I, I do believe that, like everywhere, there's a balance. There's there's yin and yang. There's, there's light and dark. But once we get beyond the whole duality thing, it's all part of the same stuff. It's all part of creation. It's all part of God. So, you know, how, how far do you want to take this conversation? No, we don't have much time, but what I want to know is why is it so important for you to talk about this? Because this could open up doors of ridicule in your direction. of ridicule. I don't care. Mm-hmm. People are entitled to their opinions. Uh, I've been on radio many, many times. I've done some, some wackier stuff than I un- this. I understand that, but why is it important for you to talk about this? What do Someone's you think got to put to it out there. Someone has to put it out there. And if I'm the voice 
that needs to to be the guy that gets ridiculed, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I'm not. It doesn't concern me what people think about me. I am what I am. I am who I am. I walk in my truth. I walk in my integrity. Mm-hmm. And if people want to look at me and go, that looks like really smoked some weird stuff. <laughs> Whatever. Doesn't matter. How can we get to be like you? You don't want to be like me. No, no, I don't. Every path is difficult enough. <laughs> and your one is like it has, has some pitfalls that I won't be able to deal with right now. But, Marco, I don't know if we still have time. Liesl, do we still have time? Palisa, do we have time? So okay, we, we, we have a little bit of time. So when do you think we can expect any any of these alien races to reveal themselves? So that we can actually all see them. Yeah, that's, so Shemaine can see them because she's a non-believer. <laughs> that is as a non-believer. <laughs> I'm just saying we, uh, we sound know, nuts. I have, I have no idea. Uh-huh. I, I, I can't put a time frame on it. I'm not party to that information. If I was, I would, I would share it with you. Oh. I'm sure there might be some people out there who have uh, personal first-hand experience and, and maybe have been contacted directly. And maybe a timeline has been put on this. I have no answer to that question. It would be great if people can let us know about that. You know, send us a, a yeah. mail or a message. And tell us. Yeah. We might even be able to talk to them in future. Just the, I la- would love Just the last question, Marco. When, when, when you were speaking about the Greys and their technology, the thought popped into my mind. Aren't some of our technologies just reversed, engineered from stuff they left behind or, or, or gave to us? Quite possibly. And this is this is the whole thing about um, Area 51, that this is secret stuff that's being, being developed, anti-gravity technology, advanced propulsion technology. And there is the conspiracy theory, again, that this information is off-planetary, that was imparted to local governments, notably the Americans, um, in exchange for whatever. There's also theories that there are hybrid breeding programs going on between off-planetary uh, species and humans to develop a, a hybrid race of alien-human. You know, when I, when I hear the word breeding programs, my mind goes straight back to the Budamach trial where those uh, lunatics tried to uh, start a breeding program in the Kreichkor building. But I think that <laughs> is just about it for today. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> You're welcome. Marco. I love it. Marco. It's fun. I, I really hope you get back to us again sometime. So For a second, I thought you were going to tell him, I hope you get better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Marco. I hope you get better. Okay. I hope you get better, dude. Guys, We're rooting enjoy for you. Enjoy the book, Liesl. Liesl. Yes. I mailed you my manuscript. I can't wait to read it. I started with the first paragraph and then I had to run. I can't wait. Cool. Thank you so much. From me, Liesl Tom. Thank okay. you. From me, Liesl Tom. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thanks again, Marco. Bye. And from me, Shemaine Harris. Have a good one. Bye now. Cliffcentral.com.